Welcome to Trust Me, the podcast. We are your hosts, Beth Finkel and Kiana Salucci. And we are here to share with you how we create magic in our everyday while balancing family, careers, and relationships. Welcome back, Trust Me Tribe. We are here again with another episode, and we are taking you on our journey of this thing called life. Today, I'm in the driver's seat, and Beth is navigating. She is taking us on a journey of her life so you guys can get down, deep down, and figure out who Beth Finkel is. I've been just so excited and so happy that we started this podcast and you guys have been a core part of that sharing time and sharing space with Beth has been one of the best things that we've could have ever done for I think each other um and I don't know if you guys know this but Beth is a very interesting person (laughs) and she's laughing because she is and I feel like if you know her, you you may attest to this. And if you don't, you will know. But when I first met Beth, I didn't know what to think. She was almost intimidating and not because of her personality, not because of who she was. It was, she just always seemed to have it together. And even in our early 20s, where we think we have it together and we all know how that is, but she always seemed to have it together. And later on in our mid-20s, early 30s, I admire that. And I love that about her. And I'm just so happy that we get to share this time. But I want to take it back, Beth. And I want to take it way, way back. Before there was even a Beth Finkel, there was a Beth Hodges. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) (laughs) There was a Beth Hodges. And I personally didn't, I knew of Beth then. But we were not, I was not in their friend circle then. And we I just already wanted... know why, because you're younger. Oh you my can gosh. just say it. I wasn't gonna say that. I wasn't gonna say that. But I am I am a few years younger than them, even though she always categorized us in the same age group. I have to remind her <laughs> multiple times. But my husband knew her, Dan knew her, and I wanna dive back into that because like I said, Beth is so mysterious to me and I've I like to think of her as like a nurturer rather it's in her career in her personal life and I want to I want to dive in and see where it started so welcome Beth thank you thank you I have to say being in the hot seat it's easier being in Oprah's seat where you are right now (laughs) yeah I know because like last week if you guys were with us so the last two weeks we had two episodes where we like dove, you know, we dived d- deep with me and, and got into some things that I've overcome, some challenges that I had. And Beth was like digging. I would answer a question. She was like, no, 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 no. Let's go back. Re-answer that. Let's go. Let's go. And <laughs> it ma- don't get me wrong. I loved it. It makes me feel good. But now I'm going to do that to her. So she's getting it. I'm so nervous. tell us. You're nervous. So tell us, Beth. I... And I'm sure our listeners want to know and get, you know, get in a deeper, um, in a deeper spot and kind of figure out like, you know, who we are and where we've come from and things like that and how that journey has led us to where we are now. So I'm getting deep and we're going to go back to Beth Hodges and, and your childhood and 
how that looked for you. So when you asked me that question, honestly, the first word that pops into my head is the matriarchs. And, mm. and I put an S on the end of that because there were many in my family. And we talked about this before, but my grandmother being just this solid matriarch in our family, long story short, my grandmother, who's an Irish Caucasian woman, married my grandfather, African-American. And we know that there was a lot of turmoil and, and trouble with, with that union coming together. But they really loved each other and they built this beautiful life at a time that a multiracial couple couldn't. And I just remember feeling so safe whenever I was with my family to say, we may not have it perfect. We may not have it all figured out and it may not look to be exactly what everyone else's looks like, but it's, it's right. And it, it's, it's correct for us mm. and I just remember my grandmother always really instilling in us that you know if we don't have each other we truly have nothing and so as I grew up you know I, my mom has three sisters and um, one passed away when my mom was was uh, a little bit younger and they had a lot of kids, like really big, big families. I grew up with my cousins as my very best friends and within, you know, three to five miles of me. And what that really allowed me to do as a child is have a lot of trial and error. And yeah. you could you could mess up, but be forgiven. You could try things and they not work and, and figure it out with one another. I, I truly don't remember having like a friend outside of my family until like sixth grade. Yeah. And I think when you grow up in that kind of environment, there is a level of nurturing that comes along with that because you're, you're moving through the world as a tribe. And when I say that, like, it's not just one of those things that you hear people say, like we would take multiple week vacations together <clears throat> to Brigantine, New Jersey every year. We would rent three houses on the island. There would be about 30 of us that go. And that lasted the span of our life. And I think it just was such a testament to who I am and just how I receive people where they're at. And just a big shout out to my grandmother because as we got older and we started having other influences come into our life, friends and, and relationships, failed marriages and things like that, there was always an element of hope with my grandmother where she would say, you know, they may seem to be messed up or something might seem to be wrong with them, but everyone at their core is good. And so that has just taught me a lifelong lesson to say everyone at their core is good and special. And I continue to remind myself of that as I move through my, my life now. Wow. I love that. Um, having that strong family structure. And it's, it's funny, because I came from a very similar family. And there was no such thing growing up as like second cousins. They were the right. same as first cousins, you know, like, that's how close, how close it was. Do you feel like now? with your with your generation of kids, like, do you think that they still have that? Or do you think because everyone, the 
the dynamic of family has changed a bit, you know, and a lot of people yeah. live farther apart or they're not as close. So do you think that they, that that's translated over to them? No. And, and it's sad, really, frankly, it's sad because with the passing of my grandmother, a lot of things changed, yeah. you know, families got a little bit more distant. Um, and there was sort of what we call in my family, kind of like this downtime where we really weren't as connected as we were and we know to be. Um, I would say now we're definitely getting back to it, but there was a yeah. period of three to four years where it was fragmented and, and fractured and we all felt it. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, the one thing that we have all made peace with is our matriarch is gone. And so families do start to splinter and not to say that in a bad way, but they do start to naturally go in their own directions. There is some distance and, and things like that to contend with what are with our families. Um, and, and also technology, right? Like we don't have to be physically together like we did then to be able to be as connected as we are now. Yep. And one of the things with COVID for us in our family unit um, is that we sort of started these group texts where everyone's involved and some people are super silent for a while. They'll pop back in, but they're always there and we will always hold space for them. So it may not look exactly like it did when I was growing up, but there are definitely elements of it that I, I still really hold close to me. I love that. I love that. But I think that you, I mean, you kind of still go with the tradition. Then you, you guys have a house in Brigantine, right? So we then have a you house still, in Brigantine. yeah. And while we don't go there 30 deep <laughs> yeah. anymore, there are times that, you know, my house becomes home base and maybe people can't get there in the summer. They might get there throughout the season. That still makes me feel really, really good. Yeah. And when I really slow down to think about why that makes me feel good, it's because my goodness is their goodness. And, and that's one of the things that I took from my grandmother is that she never kept anything for herself. And, and truly, her goodness was our goodness, whether it was through the lens of a lesson, whether it was through the lens of experience, like there was many times where she would take a couple grandkids, whoever wasn't at school at that time on vacation with her to her little special things. You know, there was a couple of times where she would take certain people to this or that her goodness was truly our goodness. And, and that's where I can connect to that still today. That's awesome. Do you think that like having those values and still, do you think that carries a lot of that carries on with you and you find like small pieces of that now, small glimmers of that now? I think You're that like the glimmers of that now is just with my children. Yeah. And making sure that they understand that they have each other first and foremost, always, even when they don't like each other very much, they still need to be there and protect each other and love each other deeply. Yeah. And I think that will continue on. And I really try to build structure around that. So for example, you know, we talked about technology, but it really does play a role. So although I have many rooms in my house that have TVs, I still make them watch TV together. I don't let them go and watch their own shows. Now, yeah. of course, there are times that they do that. But for the most part, I'll curate the situation to say, no, you guys can have TV, but you have to pick a movie together. 
And of course that's a fight because of course they just want to do their own thing. But when they get on the same page, I hear them talking, I hear them connecting and they're making, you know, they're making negotiations with each other. That's yeah. the stuff we had to do. Are we going to play kickball? Are we going to go swimming at the pond? Are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? Like we had to negotiate every day and meet people in the middle. We never 100% got our way all the time. And I think that's such a life lesson that they don't naturally get my kids now that I try to create for them so that they still have the ability to learn that skill. Oh my gosh. That they're the things that last a lifetime. You know, like they're, they're lifelong skills. There are things that like they'll forever need to learn how to yeah. work together with someone, learn how to negotiate, learn how to, yeah. to, to, you know, sit and know that like, Hey, I really don't like this, but this person does. So any kind of relationship that they will have in the future, this is what it will be. It's about give and, and, and get, you know? So yeah, I love how you're taking those aspects and bringing them back into it's like your grandmother is like forever living you know what I mean my grandmother is forever living there's not a day that goes by that some sentiment of her doesn't reach me and I think that's I think that's with everyone I really think that's with everyone in my family um but of course with that you know and being like we talk about all this this all the time but the ability for her to be so present in my life, the ability to say yes to that meant I was saying no to other things, right? Mm-hmm. And and one thing that when you talk about kind of how did I get here from, from an early childhood is I just, I spent so much time with her because she was my safe haven. Yep. My mom was a very independent, strong, working female as well. So they really helped out. Uh, my grandparents helped my mom out quite a bit when I was young and, and not just me, but all of my cousins spent a lot of time there. Um, and I think, you know, as I, I got older and started to realize this about myself, I leaned on my grandmother as that part for me. And, and a part of that really helped me to develop who I am. But then there's also an element of that when I got older and she was aging and I learned how to be in a way codependent with this family unit. So when I got to the age, I would say probably like 13, 14, and and I can remember a distinct, you know, incident, you know, that happened then that we can talk about if you want. I definitely do. I I completely changed my mindset to say, no. I'm going to do this on my own. Like, I'm good. I'm going to figure it out. Do you think, like, looking back on that time, do you think it was, uh, like, you were reacting to something? So, I didn't know this at the time, obviously. And this has been many, many years in therapy (laughs) that I've realize this about myself but what I looked at at that time as sort of my domains if you will is you know my grandmother's house and all her love and all my cousins aunts extended family that was sort of my safe haven and my my rock if you will and my mom was a nurse of 45 years you know she was working weekends night shift 
And she, at one point, I think it was 13 or 14, lost her job as a nurse. And I remember that being a moment in time when I found out about it. I took it so personally, although I didn't realize it then. When I look back on it, I took it so personally because I felt that her role was the strong female working mother. My biological dad, right, it has never been in the picture. And my stepdad, who is who was my dad, um, you know, he was sort of in the background in a lot of ways. And not to say it in a bad way, it's just the way that I split up my time was either with my grandmother and all of that or with my mom and my dad. So when my mom lost her job, I lost this element of faith in her where I said, you know what, this is, this is a letdown to me that I, I wasn't calculating in my plan. Mm -hmm. And at that point I kind of opened my eyes and I remember being 14 at that time and saying, I'm going to figure it out. Like I was just starting to think about colleges. I was, you know, I was probably in, in, you know, sophomore year of high school. And I'm like, I'm not relying on anyone. Like I, I remember distinctly remembering that I am going to figure this out and I'm still going to make this beautiful life for myself, but I can only depend on myself. Yeah. Because from that point, I went into this super vigilant overdrive do you would you say it was like it was like a a fight or flight kind of kind of thing where like you know your mom had lost her her job she was supposed to be this image right and at that age we still view our parents as like these like untouchable superheroes right yeah they don't feel they don't go through their their always have it together we don't realize that they're human too right so your mom goes through this big event which probably crushed her inside more than anything oh my god you know she probably was dealing with whatever it is she was dealing with and emotionally you think of your mom as being this superhero and when the superhero quote unquote at that time of how you viewed it like gets defeated or loses or doesn't win the battle right you're like, I almost don't believe in you anymore. You're not as you're not as strong as you thought you were. You're not as I thought you were. You're not as, you know, you're not this superhero character. You're just a normal person in a sense. And it probably just like made you go into fight or flight mode. Like I, I need to yeah. do this for myself. I got to, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I would say is that probably in the, and how grateful am I or how lucky am I to be able to say this, but probably for the first time in my life, my bubble was popped. I was on this cloud nine. I loved, you know, my life. My grandmother was bopping me around with her everywhere. I had all these cousins, like these baked in best friends. You know, my mom had this like big, beautiful job. My, my sister, you know, was there. It just probably was the first time in my life that I ever had to be resilient Mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to. So I probably did transition into a really tough armor where I said, okay, I didn't know that I was going to feel so let down. I probably didn't exactly know what that meant, but it was just the formative years of where I was 
that it was really scary for me. I was getting ready to apply for colleges. I, you know, I, all of these things that I wasn't really prepared for that I immediately thought, then I need to just take this on myself and figure it out. And I think that sometimes like, I, I, I'm feeling you so much with this, um, with what you went through because in so many ways, sometimes that I go back and think of things that have happened or things that, you know, made me push me to, to do certain things in so many ways. I wish I'm like, ah, oh, if I could go back and just think, tweak it and think about it like this and change my mindset. But in other ways, I'm like, that has given me the fortitude to be who I am now, to do all the things that I, yeah. you know what I mean? So as much as we, we look at the the past things as being like, oh my gosh, like, you know, there's other ways and better ways to cope with that or do it. And some, in most ways, I'm like, you know what? But that lesson that you've learned throughout your life has made you, has brought you to this point. Yeah, I feel that. And, and I totally agree. And I'm grateful for those pieces that I can extrapolate from it. But I will say that it also has cost me to lose a lot of time with mm-hmm. my mom and, and in my relationship with her that probably wasn't fair to put on her. And I just kind of wish if I could go back and talk to that little girl to say, like, it's okay if you're scared right now. Like, I immediately went to first anger. Like, I was mad at her for losing her job. Like, how could she lose her job? Even though my dad fully had a successful contractor job as well. Like, he was a general contractor for his family's business. Like, he was also contributing very well to our family. But I just looked at her in this light. And when that happened, I was very angry at her. And I wish that I could go back and tell that little girl that it's okay to feel scared because it's a very uncertain time. And 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 you got to think too, she was doubting herself, like you just said. So that was the first time in my life that I ever saw her doubt herself. And that was freaking scary to me because she was on this pedestal. Like she was like probably one of the only females that I knew at that time making more than a man. And it's just, I had her on this pedestal because I was so proud of her. She was one of the very first people in our family to go to college. And it just, it was a Nick in her history that I didn't really give her the benefit of the doubt around. I didn't know how to then, but it really did form a lot of how I moved into my early career and the way that I just moved in general. And I think as to the age that you were at, like if you were younger, right, it probably wouldn't bother you as much. You're getting into your adolescent years, you're getting into, and at that time, you know how it is, like, your conscious mind is in full effect. You're knowing things for sure, for certain, for yourself. And in your head, it's like, like my mom is this, I'm this, I'm going to be this. And then when that one thing just kind of doesn't go according to plan or a thing that, that just happens out of the blue, it crushes everything. And then you go into this whole mode of like, you know what? No one's got me. I got to have me. I got to do this by myself. Totally. And even when I talked to my sister about that exact time, now my sister's about four years younger than me. 
she has a completely different experience because yes. it didn't affect her. And so while I was on my way out, she was still had, had a lot of those rose colored glasses on. And so that is the other thing, like that happening, even though I didn't speak it out loud, changed where I wanted to go to college. You know, I had all these big thoughts to say, like, I'm going to go here. I'm going to at least try to go away and do this and do that. And I immediately doubted myself because I saw something happen to her. And I'm like, why would I even put myself out there? I'll go to what's safe. So I applied to like state schools, Westchester, which I ultimately ended up going to because I knew it was a sure thing. Um, and, and just, I just, it, it set me up for a drive that I think did ultimately help me in my career move forward. But if I could go back, I probably would have done it a little bit different. Yeah, I, I feel that. I feel that. If there was one thing, if you could go back to your younger self, um, and besides being, you know, more forgiving to your mom, is there anything else you would say to her, you would say to young Beth? Oh, I thought you were about to say that I would say to her, which would be so much. But yeah, if I were to go back and talk to myself at that time, I would have told myself that we will get back on the path. Hmm. And it, it feels hard right now. And, and it, it feels scary right now. But reminisce or, or reflect on everything that has brought you to this point thus far And rely on that. Rely on just the hope that is there, that you will get through this. And 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 in full, you know, full transparency, that period for my mom did last a, a little while. It was about three or four years until she got back on her feet. So you got to think at this point, like I'm basically in college then. So it's like I'm in just a different headspace because of where I was at that age. Yep. And that was trans that was transferring over into your adulthood into like you said like you you graduated college and not you know shortly before your mom had just kind of settled again. So how do you feel yeah. like when you were getting into your first career um how did that affect that transition? It's a great question and I will say the first thing that comes to mind is I was never where I was. I was always in the next phase or step of, of where I was. So for example, when I was a senior in college, I had the opportunity to go backpacking with Mike and a bunch of people through Europe. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get an internship. I'm going to start my career Meanwhile, I had already had two jobs while in college and I took an internship. I didn't go on the backpacking trip. I was already like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a jump start in any way that I can. So I wasn't present. And, and mm. while, you know, I was able to advance pretty quickly at a young age, I would definitely say I'm at a deficit a little bit too, because I missed out on, on a lot of that life that was supposed to be for me then. It's so funny that you're saying this because guys, like 
during these years, but when Beth was probably like a senior in college, this is when our relationship kind of got closer than ever, like at that time than before um, when she was in college. And it's now that you're saying this, because I've never asked you these questions. That's why I was, and I say intimidated. And like I said, I don't, I don't even want to say intimidated because I, I wasn't like scared of her, but she just seemed to have it together. Like she was just like, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, like have it figured out. And this is why. And I would have, you know, I didn't know that then. I didn't know that until yeah. today, but this and is what I I've... think that's the, the, the rub between and anyone that knows my mom is she is the most present person I have ever met. And so while I was on this ultimate drive, she's like, slow down, enjoy yourself. Like, I remember she would tell me like, when you go to a new place, check it out look where the fire escapes are, you know, see where your bathrooms are, like, just see where you are. And I'd be like, already at the end of the night, right? Like, I'd already be like, okay, what's tomorrow, actually? Like, well, I'm not I'm just gonna like, in my mind, I'm here at this event, but I'm already on to tomorrow. Yeah. And so I think that's where that rub also came from, because I was taking that experience and saying, almost saying like, well, that will never be me. Like, I'm going to make sure that that's never me mm. because that happened. And instead of trying to figure out why that happened and like how that affected me, I was just in the mindset of like, that's not going to be me. Like, I will never be in the position that anybody could try to have anything wrong with what I'm doing. Because you wouldn't settle. You wouldn't let yourself be present and be in the moment and be living because you were always already trying to like, build a life but you didn't realize that like it was all the small things that you're doing and experiencing I was is what only builds that building life. A life i was yeah. only building a life i was yep. not living my yep. life yep yeah and i think that's like, why even with mike like when we graduated we, mike and i have been dating for a very long time it, from college and when we graduated, he moved home and he worked at a restaurant, you know, he's from the Atlantic City area. And I broke up with him. And I was like, if you're not going to get your life together, you know, we are like 22 years old. I was like, if you're not going to get your life together, then I'm gone. And I broke up with him. Now, it only lasted a few weeks. So yeah. let's just say that. But I remember clearly being like this bum. <laughs> what is he doing mind you, at just, home at 22 years old <laughs> mind you he had just graduated college right you're still so young you're not and sure of anything debt, debt out of the ass and you know, she's like moved home to live with his parents which is like a very normal thing to do and i was like what a loser do you guys see why i was intimidated by her <laughs> <laughs> do you guys see we would go on, like, literally, I remember, Beth, we would go on, like, these, like, annual Ocean City, Maryland <laughs> trips, right? And Beth was, like, the mom of the house. Like, she brought, like, you know, I, I was, at this time, this is my first time, like, <laughs> traveling. <laughs> yeah, this, I kid you not, y'all. This is my first time, like, traveling annually with just, like, friends every year, right? And every time, <laughs> Beth, they had the house. She already went shopping. She had the, the, the crock pots and the this and then that. And she had it all together. And I was just coming with the, you know, my bathing suit, my, my little bag, my luggage, and I'm ready to, she had it 
together. She's like, we need this, we need eggs, we need bacon. And at that time, it was always like, a plan. Yeah, it was always a plan. And at that time, like I was just thinking about like what was going on. Okay, we got the Ocean City Maryland. Let's go get drinks. Let's go hang out. I'm like 21, but she had it like you're like, out, let's laid go out. out. And I'm like, okay, for how long? Right. <laughs> and minutes, no, I kid you not. Beth, Beth was like, we gotta we had to put the groceries away. We need to do this. What are we doing for dinner? Like she always had it together. <laughs> and at one point at that time, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm younger than them, right? So, uh, <laughs> but I, my mind wasn't there yet. I wasn't thinking about the next thing. I was thinking about literally what was in front of me. And when Beth comes with this, you know, this like personality that I admired, like in my head that time I was like, oh my gosh, like. I want to be that way. I want to. I want to mm-hmm. have those things. I want to have it structured. That feels good coming um, from you. Yeah, like I. It was that at that time, and not knowing that this was a reaction of like trauma that you weren't dealing with. You were. You. It happened to you, and yeah. at this time, you weren't actually dealing with. But that's the reaction that you chose, and you and it carried on, and it's. It's just. It's. It's awesome to see that like this is something that you're working through but it's so funny that you say that working through because i am absolutely working through that now you know i'm Mm -hmm. almost 40 and i would say over the last year like after the last two years really i have been actively trying to heal myself yeah. And Mike, who has known me for close to 20 years now, is like, sometimes he'll make comments like around my fragility. Yeah. And he doesn't say it in a bad way, but it is very different, starkly different than what you just described about like kind of having it all together, steadfast, you know, knowing who I am, making it very obvious, like what it is that I need, like very, like a commanding a presence. I bring to the table now, current day, this element of fragility in the sense that I am actively taking off that armor. Yeah. And 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 the result of that is this it's not weak. It's not, you mm-hmm. know, it's not fragile. And I say this all the time. It's not fragile in the sense that it's gonna fall apart. It's like fragile in the sense that it's like a bomb. Like I'm taking very careful care with myself that, that probably I, if I could have gone back and, and you asked me this question earlier, like, what could I have done? Like, I probably would have been a little gentler with myself during that time. Mm -hmm. Like I can distinctly remember, I kid you not laying in bed and you know, when you like get in bed and And you're like all warm and cozy because like you're like kind of like in a cocoon and you have your blanket over you. I distinctly remember at 14 years old be like if I was ever in Alaska, I all I would need was a blanket and I would survive. Like as I was going to sleep, this is the shit I was thinking about. I was like, I would put my body like this and I would not move to like consume the heat in like the central part of my body. All I would need is just one blanket over me. If I was sleeping on the ice, I would survive. This is the shit I was thinking about. I'm not even going to lie. That's like a Nico mind. I know. Like when, when you just said that, when you just said that, Nico is Beth's son. And he is so intelligent. And he'll like 
come up to me when I'm at best or something, or we're on vacation together. And he will say the things that blow my mind. And he creates these things, whether it's with Legos, whether it's with stuff around the house, outside. And he'll come and he'll say, I just made blah, blah, blah. And I look at him like, oh my God, that's exactly what it is. You yeah. know what I mean? And he has this imagination. You know, more or less neurodivergency, which is probably what I, I have on diagnosed yeah. ADHD. But him and I, I are love that kindred souls. But I, that is the type of element that my headspace was in at 14 years old. Yeah. Like, that's what, like, when you said that, I was like, oh, my God, Nico. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what that is. Um, wow. I, I love that. And I love how we can go full circle. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, like, I wasn't tripping when I was thinking these things. They were, you know what I mean? No. Uh, <laughs> but I'm so, no. I'm, I'm so happy that even though there's so many things that we'll go back to our younger selves and say, um, there's so many things that like, sometimes I even say to myself, like, Oh, if I can go back, I would do it this way. But, and this is one of the lessons, one of the silver linings in it all is that every wrongdoing, every trip, every stumble, every victory is why you are where you are today. And that journey has brought us so maybe it's selfish for me to say i don't know but those traumas those journeys those things are exactly what allow us to be here at this second doing this podcast talking for our relationship to be as close as it is and i'm so grateful for that so i know that these are things that you're working through i and i and it's i don't know if it's wrong to say but I'm grateful and I'm happy or not even happy, but like the path that you took is, you know, the reason why I'm here with you. So there are some good things. There are some good things that have, um, these are the glimmers that come out, you know, that come after the, the traumas and the things that have happened. So that makes me happy. Going back to the wound. It's never easy. Sometimes peeling back those layers to heal from the inside out takes constant work, acceptance, and understanding. In part one of this two-part episode, we learned how Beth's trauma affected her in her early adult life and how it hindered her from being present and living her life in the moment. I was always told that if the trauma is structural, it has to get torn down in order to get built back up. Stay tuned to hear how she puts the pieces back together to live a life that she feels to the fullest.